Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we are continuing on and actually ending conference preview season with my favorite conference this year, Biggs, the SEC. You may think of them as a football conference, but they have been on the rise in the basketball ranks recently. Nate Oates and Eric Musselman make Bama and Arkansas two of the better teams in the country and pair them up with Coach Cal, and you will have one of the best coaching conferences in the country. You ready, Biggs? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, Biggs, we're going to get started here soon, but I just want to touch on the fact that in less than two weeks, we're going to have college basketball to watch. And as much as I have enjoyed doing these conference previews and just researching all the teams and all the players and coaches, I'm just excited to have, to have actual college basketball on the TV very soon. I'm with you. What I love about college hoops is it's not it's not like the NBA. The actual season matters. The games matter. I look more forward to watching the actual games. This college basketball offseason felt a little NBA-like. You know, with it's all basically of the, free agency. Yeah, with so much free agency and so many trades and so – oh, wait, no, not trades. So much free agency, though, and player movement and, and different just off-the-court, um, you know, hot stove stuff, which – which has its place, right? There's space for that stuff to be entertaining, but there's nothing like games, man. Get me the games. Give me the stuff that actually matters. I'm hyped for it. We're two weeks away. Let's go. Yep. And so let's just get into to the SEC here. And, you know, for the longest time, you know, the SEC was basically Kentucky. You know, Kentucky was the identity. Coach Calipari and all of his freshman players. And he's getting them to the NBA. But in the past few years – Nate Oates and Eric Musselman have just gotten Arkansas and Bama just to a point where they are challenging Kentucky. And last year were much better than Kentucky, um, who did not make the tournament a year ago. But it's interesting with Arkansas and Bama, you know, both of them, I think they might actually both be in their fourth season at the helm at the respective programs. What is it about these coaches that have just turned around that program? And they weren't terrible programs to begin with, but he just got, they, or they both gotten their programs just to another level. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a big part of it is that both these coaches, you know, we talked about when we've talked about coaches that are like high level when it comes to like being adaptable and understanding how like this new age of college hoops, right? I mean, the transfer, the transfer rules and the transfer portal opening up has just, it's shifted so many things. And I know on another podcast we're listening to where, you know, they talk about how Fred Hoiberg was, was like, way ahead of his time 10 years ago when he had built a team basically through the transfer portal, taking guys from other programs um, and saying, I, you know, at Iowa state, you can't win uh, trying to out recruit schools like Kansas, right? Arkansas and Bama, you can probably make a similar argument. It's going to be hard. They're not going to be able to out recruit uh, Kentucky. You're not going to get the same level of one and done guys, but, but can you be adaptable and get um, transfers to come in and, and, and grow those guys? Or can you win with a certain style of play in, in Alabama's case where it's, hey, let's bring kind of that NBA style where we're where we're playing really fast and, and we're taking either threes or layups and we're kind of incorporating kind of the analytics. You know, we have to say mm-hmm. that with a whisper, analytics, because it's just examining. I love when you whisper. It's, 
you whisper either analytics or stretch four. Stretch That's your four. other one. Stretch four. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, such a unicorny thing now. Tall guys that can shoot. Um, but but, but uh, playing different styles because we're not going to be able to play the way Kentucky plays. We don't just roll the ball out and have athletes that can go play the same style. And, and I think both those schools, Musselman, Musselman kind of was the – the West Coast version of Hoiberg, where at Nevada he had just crushed it as a transfer guy, and, and he's doing the same thing with uh, Arkansas. At least in the quick, at least in the short term, he's actually got the recruiting level. He, he, they're they're rolling right now from a recruiting standpoint, and, and and Nate Oates is doing the same. I mean, he's he's recruiting at a high level now, but he also hit some home runs in the transfer market, and then just their play their, their play style now is it's something that. Uh, is an allure for people. I think Musselman's personality is a huge allure for people. Like he's had success at Nevada. He's got NBA background. He's kind of like, I think he resonates with the kids because he's just a little weird. You know, he's a little weird and he kind of has like the, you know, screw college basketball. I'm more of an NBA guy. And I think so many young people are like that same kind of mindset where it's like, well, I got to go to college, but I'd rather be a pro. Well, come be a pro at Arkansas. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just seems like that's kind of the, their sticks are kind of working right now. It'll be curious to see. I mean, it works right now, you know, um, and we live in a, a, an age where we're really worried about right now, but I'm curious to see if it will continue to last. But right now it's right now it's hard to question. I mean, both those teams are rolling. Yeah. So let's see, which team would you like to start with here? I sort of mentioned three that the three that I think are, have separated themselves from the rest. Um, which one would you want to start with here? Let's start with Arkansas because – well, I was going to say let's go in alphabetical order, but I'd rather do Arkansas because actually that's the team that I think will be the best in the SEC. Do you? Okay, let's go. Let's hear it. Okay. Thoughts on Arkansas? Oh, I'm going. Okay. You know, the talent on this team, Biggs, is just undeniable. You look at their roster. J.D. Note, who is sort of their sixth man. Um, he might have been sixth man of the year in the SEC a year ago. He's back. He averaged 12 points per game. They get Adiz Tony, a good shooting guard from Pitt. You know, he's – getting out of Jeff Capel because, like, you know, Jeff Capel, like, he can't get the dude jobs, so why would I want to play for him? You get Jalen Tate back, another good role player from a year ago. Connor Vanover is a, just a massive dude. Did you see him and Chris Likes recreated the um, Manute Bowl and <laughs> Muggsy, Bogues. Muggsy Bogues picture? Did you see that? I did not. That's terrific. <laughs> I mean, Likes is what, like 5'7"? Yes, yes. <laughs> And that's actually a great segue. Chris Likes is just a quick little – he reminds me of like a Nate Robinson, you know, that sort of type of player who – he comes from Miami. He's a senior. He was injured all last year. Um, remains to be seen how he'll recover from injury. But he's a guy who – he's just sort of that firecracker. Um, not sure if he's going to start. They, honestly, they could start him and bump J.D. Notage and keep him in that six-man role. You never know. They get Stanley Amoudier transferring over from South Dakota, who averaged 21 points per game in the Summit League. Um, Demonte Davis is another returner. I mean, I can just go on and on, Biggs. This team is so damn talented. That's my take. They're 10 deep, right? I mean, they're they're 10 deep. I mean, you talk, you just named it. Jalen Tate, uh, Devontae Davis were both starters last year, um, and and I think Devontae Davis is. If, if you look at the previous year points per game stuff, I mean, he was he's like kind of the lowest one of all those guards that you mentioned, and, and I'm not sure he he's not going to be the worst one or the best one on the team. I think he was he popped late in the year last year as kind of a lockdown defender slasher. I mean, he was awesome late in the season for them. I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of takes the next jump and and becomes an All SEC guy for them because he's great defensively. He's a good slasher, not much of a shooting threat, but 
but I, and I wouldn't be surprised if any of those transfers, whether it's Tony uh, Amudier uh, or Likes, any of those guys kind of pop too. Because you're, I didn't even think about the Adish Tony just getting away from Jeff Capel factor. I mean, mm-hmm. he might just, you know, everybody in the NFL kind of talks about like how Ryan Tannehill, once he got away from Adam Gase, became like an amazing quarterback, and now everyone just kind of assumes like whoever played for Adam Gase, then once they get away from them, they become good. Uh, well, that's actually not really working for, for Sam Darnold, unfortunately. But Yeah, the Vikings I, were able to beat him. That's not good. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Actually, he just looked bad because he played the Vikings. But, but Adish <laughs> Tony could have a similar kind of thing where it's like the post-capel bump. Maybe he becomes kind of a weapon. Yeah. Uh, J- Jalen Williams, I mean, you mentioned Connor Vanover. I, I don't even, I'm not even sure he's going to start. I mean, they have Jalen Williams, who was a freshman last year, was like a top 75 recruit. It showed a lot in just kind of like really limited action. Doesn't that guy just scream though, like sophomore jump, you know, like that could be a mm-hmm. thing. I mean, they're, they are, they're loaded. They're 10 deep. The only thing that I'm curious about, and this is the, this is really nitpicking because this is a team that I think is going to be good enough to be like a top 10 team in the country, national champion, final four contending caliber type club. Do they have like a, I think their best lineups are going to have at least four of Tate, Davis, Tony, Amudier, Note, Likes. Mm-hmm. So right, guards. Four, four guards, yep. Yeah, Do they yeah. have – unfortunately, I don't think they have like a four-man that can play up to a five spot. Uh, they have a – I don't know if I mentioned him. Kamani Johnson transferring over from Little Rock. Um, he averaged 11 and 6. I mean, it's not stellar, but it could get the they job need, done if they need I to I think they're going to need one of, one of either him, that Jalen Williams, or that Vanover – to kind of pop a beat, like what made them so good last, not what made them so good, but a big factor for them was they could play small and play Justin Smith at that five spot. And mm-hmm. you're playing small without necessarily sacrificing like size, toughness, rebounding, stuff like that. I think they need one of those fives to pop because the yeah. guard talent is crazy. I mean, you're right. Well, Chris and, Likes was like an all SEC guy or an ACC guy. And I don't think he's going to start. Yeah. And I think the thing with them is they like to run and gun. They're going to, they're a four, four out one in, type of team they like to run so it works for them yep. now could it be a liability on the other end could there be a situation we talked about the kansas versus usc where they get a bad matchup in the tournament could that happen definitely yeah um, it's going to take a special time, matchup though right exactly so at the same, at the same time they have so much firepower i you know, any any team can have that game in the tournament where they have a bad matchup and they get ousted but you know i love this team so much i really do i do too i do too yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's toss it over to – you want to go to Bama then? Sure. Okay. Tell me about them. I I like their – I like when you look at their depth chart, I like their first five. I like what their five – kind of their projected starting five looks like with, with Quinterly. Javon Quinterly, the old Villanova transfer, he was one of the top six men in the SEC last year too. Uh, Jaden Shackelford, who was one of the top scorers, they, they re-recruited him because he was a he transfer. He could be like portal. an All-American type candidate. I think both those guys could. Yeah, I, th- I think both those guys could. J.D. Davison is a five-star kind of combo guard who apparently is just like all-world explosive kind of mm-hmm. slasher who can like – he can get up and play at the rim even though he's not a real big kid. Uh, Noah Gurley is a really solid um, kind of under-the-radar intriguing transfer that's coming up from Furman who I, I think he'll have a big role. And then Charles Bidiaco who's like a four-and-a-half-star big guy. After that, it gets dicey, though. I don't know who they yeah. have. Losing Namari Burnett was a transfer from Texas Tech, who who I think got hurt. Is he out for the year? Didn't he tear his he ACL? For the year. I think it was his ACL. He is out for the year. That, that hurts. Happened about, a month, happened about a month ago, I think. And so, yeah, he would have been relied on 
big time. He would have either started or been their sixth man. Former five-star guy, just couldn't get his footing at Texas Tech. Yep. And, you know, they have a similar problem to Arkansas um, in that, and we didn't even talk about this. You know, Arkansas loses Moses Moody and Justin Smith, who you mentioned, and Desi Sills, who's another talented guy. So I think their biggest question mark is, can they replace that, which I think they'll be able to. But Bama loses even more. They lose John Petty. They lose Herbert Jones, who who was Herbert Jones the defensive player of the year, or was it Justin he was the, Smith? He might have been both the player of the year and defensive player of the okay. year. I know he was the defensive guy, though, yeah. Yeah, um, Josh Primo, Jordan Bruner. They lose all those guys. But I think Arkansas is more weather – more – capable of weathering the storm in that in that sense um just because they have a little more depth Bama, like you said does not have a ton of depth they're going to rely on davison who by all accounts is an amazing freshman talent coming in um noah Gurley from firm coming over from Furman's, they're gonna have to rely on quite a bit he'll probably slide into that four spot um, average 15 points per game but you never know when you transfer up and then they have another freshman, a four-star guy, top 50 guy, Charles, I might be butchering this, Betty Ako. Uh-huh. He, he, he might start right away, too. They might be starting two freshmen this year. So if you're getting nitpicky, which I think we have to hear, is they don't have a ton of depth. They can't afford another injury, to, especially to a guard. Oh, I, I don't think that's nitpicky at all. In fact, I, I, I'm significantly lower on Bama, I think, than you are. I think they're like fourth or fifth. I think it's more likely they finish like fifth, sixth in the SEC than win it. Yeah. Because I see those as flaws. I mean, if you're starting two freshmen and you're and you're not very deep, you can't afford them to have freshman nights. You know what I mean? Right. And, and what made Bama – everybody knows about all the three-pointers that Bama shot last year, but what made them really special was that they were like a top ten defensive team in Ken Palm. All the guys you mentioned that they lost, Herb Jones, player of the year in the conference defensively. Josh Primo is a first-round pick in the NBA draft in large part because of the defensive upside that he showed as a freshman. John Petty took a huge step as a senior as a defensive wing. Uh, and then was it Alex Reese, the other the big guy mm-hmm. with kind of the funny hair? Knocked down the big yep. three against UCLA maybe? I remember that. A, a tough defensive-minded guy. They don't have that anymore. Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackelford are not lockdown defensive guards. They're fun, and they can and they can pile up points. I'm worried that their their defense is going to take a huge swing or, or, or like a huge step back, and, and they're going to be involved in a lot of fun kind of shootouty games. But I don't know if they're going to win a ton. I, th- I think they'll yeah. win a decent amount, but I don't see them as like a top five type team this year. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. So let me ask you this: Would you keep them? I have them tier one, and we've sort of defined what tier one is on past podcasts. Would you keep them tier one? Do you think they're top three? Let me ask you that. I have it. I have my top three as probably in order: Arkansas, Kentucky, Bama. Do you have any other teams that you would put three over Bama? I would put Bama in tier two, and I would. Ha- I have them in my little rankings. I have them as uh, my fourth team, and, and it could be fifth, depending on a, a massive swing in terms of player health. But I have them fourth. I have Tennessee ahead of them. And then Your volunteers. You mentioned health. I'm guessing the other team you'd have possibly had is Florida. That's correct. Okay. Okay. We'll get to that later, Biggs. Yeah. That's what you call uh, a tease in the biz. I like it. Uh, let's toss it over to Kentucky Biggs. And, you know, their team, and we've talked about this extensively in the offseason. We talked about them a lot in the offseason. Just because Coach Cal is embracing the transfer portal and not getting a ton of freshmen, even though he still does have a talented freshman class coming in somehow. Um, but you look at some of the transfers – 
from that they have coming in. Severe Wheeler, point guard, coming from your Georgia Bulldogs. You have Kellen Grady, a four-year guy from Davidson, who, if I remember correctly, is he he might be four-time All-Conference. Is that correct in the A10? Yeah, I mean he averaged like eighteen plus a game all four years at Davidson. Yeah, so very steady guy. You know, sort of. I think he looks a lot like Steph Curry. I really do. Uh, you okay. have CJ Frederick coming over from Iowa, who's you know a good shooter. He's he'll be a good role player for them. Um, did you know their leading scorer from last year is returning? Yeah, I did know that. That's that's pretty wild. And he's probably yeah, not even going to be like their seventh or eighth best player. They don't have that very often. It's Davion Vince. And like you said, yeah, he's probably going to be pushed down the depth chart quite a bit. But just looking at the team, you know, another player they have coming over from West Virginia is Oscar Sheba. He was a midseason transfer. Ty Ty Washington, a talented freshman coming in. They're, they're going to be cl- back to sort of their hockey lineup, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love the I love the lineup for them. I mean, their, their depth is kind of like Arkansas, where like they have they have like eight, nine, ten guys that could like vie for minutes. Um, the only thing I'm curious about with Kentucky is, do they have like a high end? Do any of those guys pop? You know, like one of the questions like I've I've heard other people ask is like, who's Kentucky's best player? Do they do they have a best player? Uh, you know, and maybe that's a good thing. I, I don't know. Like that could be a good thing or a bad thing, I suppose, depending on how you want to look at it. But I mean, they've got. I mean, I think if Ty Ty Washington is as good as, as some of the people are advertising and, and Kentucky freshmen are never overhyped, of course, like that's never happened. No. Uh, minus last year, of course, and all the other years where their freshmen get overhyped and they're not actually all that good. But if he's if he's up to snuff, I mean, all those other guys are proven college players. That's the thing with Kentucky. Every single year is, can any of these freshmen figure it out? Do they have to, they have to go through like all these growing pains of being children? Um all of these guys are proven. I mean, Severe Wheeler played for a, a not great Georgia team, but like he ran the show. Oscar Sheboy played for a year and a half under Bob Huggins at West Virginia, and he was a beast as a freshman. You know, Keon Brooks is a junior at Kentucky. I think he's going to be like the perfect glue type of piece for them who does a little bit of everything. Kellen Grady's a four year guy at Davidson. Like, you, you say what you want about like Davidson level of competition, but like the way that they play and how guys pass and cut, he's going to know how to play. Right, all these freshmen don't right. know how to play when he gets a bunch of freshmen who are just out athlete people their entire careers. These guys know how to play, and, and like C.J. Frederick, Davion Mintz, it, it's going to be kind of hockey lineup. You're right, your guys are going to have to kind of make sacrifices. So it'll be interesting to see how how all of that stuff can gel. But man, I mean, I, I am really fascinated by this Kentucky team. I do think I'm very curious to see. You know, is John Calipari like capable of coaching a team that doesn't have insane levels of talent? but has more experience. I, I think those are different things. So I'm curious how he does with that. I think he'll do fine. He, he's, dealt, he's dealt with the transfer portal before. I remember one guy he had three, four years ago. He came over from Stanford. He was like a sort of like a stretch four type. I can't think Travis. of right now. Yeah, Travis. And no, he and he was very successful. So I, I think he'll do fine there. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from not being in the tournament a year ago. That was a big deal a year ago. And see if they can actually, you know, make it back in with, you know, basically a whole new team. They might, you know, they might they might start two freshmen and three transfers. They might have a completely new starting lineup, which isn't new for them. No, it's, it's definitely not. And so I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think they'll start. 
two freshmen, but I definitely think they're going to, I mean, they're going to start multiple transfers, guys who have never played together. It's kind of like Texas a little bit, right? Where they have a ton of new guys, new faces that you've got a bunch of these puzzle pieces and you've got to put the puzzle together. But boy, if you can put the puzzle together, the puzzle could be something special. Yep. All right. So Biggs, tell me why you are all in on the Frontiers this year. I, I mean, I think I think the the excitement about Tennessee last year was warranted given what they had returning from the previous season, and you had the two five star guards. I just think the two five star guards didn't pop as much as you expect five star guards to, and all the other role players were just they were just a team that was just so average, right? And everybody expected them to be a top ten team. I mean, for all the disappointment in Tennessee last year, they were a five seed in the tournament, you know. So it wasn't like they were just some pathetic team. They just they weren't as good as you expect. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think this year they're going to be better than you expect, and they might not be a whole lot different than they were last year. I think they're going to be better than they were last year because some of those other guys are back, and I, I like the freshmen that they have coming in this year more than last year's group. Um, I think they're the third-best team in the SEC. I, I really do. I think I think Kennedy Chandler is much more capable of being like like the go-to, like the man as a freshman well, versus, versus Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. And it was interesting last year, like those two that you just mentioned are ba- they're the same player, they're the same position, had looking at their stats. Let, let me tell you their stats. Jaden Springer, 12.5, 2.9, 3.5. That's points, assists, rebounds. Keon Johnson, 11.3, 2.5, 3.5. Almost identical. They're the same player and playing the same role. This year they have two top 25 freshmen who are probably both going to start in Kenny Chandler and Brandon Huntley Hatfield. The difference is you have a point guard and a power forward. You're filling two different holes there. Yeah, and I and I just think both those guards were like they're they're really good. Like they would have been really good complementary guards if Tennessee would have had like a like a ball dominant go to like bucket getting type of guard. They just didn't. Neither of those guys filled that role, and they were at, they were kind of asked to fill that role. And that was the problem with Tennessee was their offense would just get stuck in the mud because they just have a bunch of guys who are who are good defenders, good complementary players. They didn't have – they had too many complementary players and not enough, uh, you know, go-to guys. And that's what I think Kennedy Chandler has a chance to be as a go-to guy. Um, and they have a bunch of complementary guys that are already proven. Victor Bailey was, I think, a, a pleasant surprise for them, the transfer from Oregon last year starting at the, on the wing. Um, Vescovi is like a – he's going into his third year now as kind of a point guard, and he's probably just a solid backup point guard who can, who can handle the ball in spurts. I've heard, I've seen tweets. I think it's Rothstein um, talking about how like he's he, coaches are talking him up. Everyone who's going to watch practices are talking him up. Which take it for what it's worth. I mean, at, you you name a player, and you'll probably see a tweet of someone saying they're they've really improved this year. For sure, for yeah. sure. Uh, the guy that I'm actually really excited for the most, I think, for them is is Josiah James, who was a who was like a four and a half star guy two years ago. Started as a freshman, started as a sophomore. I, I think they're going to play more small ball type with him as my more of a four-man. He's like 6'6 and like probably 215. But they had Eves Pons last year who's just a complete non-factor offensively. He I think he's got a chance to be like a better version of Eves Pons as like an offensive. He can, he can guard kind of one through probably five on the defensive end of the floor. And then he gives you kind of a, a face-up kind of slashing four-man. Uh, and if they have a little more shooting around, I, I think I think the third year breakout for him is possible. And, and then John Fulkerson, who had like a brutal like he was the guy that was getting like 
SEC player of the year kind of hype before the year started last year. And like, he was just bad. Like he regressed from his junior year. You know, maybe he comes back and, and refines himself a little bit where he's playing with different guys who are, who are not, um, you know, trying to prove themselves as five-star guard. I think those other guards just weren't great shot creators for other people. I think he has a chance with, with Chandler as the point guard to, to look a little better. I guess I, I, it really comes down to being hyped about, I think Kennedy Chandler has got a chance. If he's I think he's going to be a lot better than Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson were as kind of, as that go-to what this comes down to for me is I think Kennedy Chandler is more built to be kind of your go-to lead guard. They just didn't have that bona fide kind of go-to lead guard that popped for them last year. If he does, I think this Tennessee team's ready made to contend at the top of the sec. Yep, and just put a bow on it. I don't think we mentioned. Did we mention Justin Powell coming in from Auburn? Who he'll play a big role, probably start right away. Yeah, we um, talked about Fulkerson, and then a couple other top 100 recruits who um, will be good role players for them. I imagine are Jonas Idu, a center, and Jemai Mashak, a shooting guard, um, also coming off the bench. So I mean, that's nine deep right there. That's a pretty damn good rotation. Um, but yeah, as far as like you know, you put in. Tennessee above, you know, Bama. Um, I think there's just a sour taste in my mouth with how their season ended last year, and I just trust Nate Oates more than Rick Barnes. That's true. I definitely – if Nate Oates had the Tennessee roster, I'd be like championship or bust. Yeah. I, I, you're right. The Rick Barnes thing. Rick Barnes has, like, established himself. I feel like he's kind of like, like Mark Turgeon a little bit in that, like, when he's got a ton of talent, he underperforms, and he's just, like, average – and when he doesn't have very much talent, he overperforms and he ends up being like decent. And it's just like no matter what, it's like it's like the old Matt Asiata deal where you, if you need one yard, he gets you three, and if you need five yards, he gets you, you, get you three. three. You know, it's like that's what Rick Barnes is. Like if you need them to be a contender, like he'll be okay. And if you're thinking they're going to be really bad, he'll be okay. Yep. <laughs> you know, so maybe that's what it ends up kind of being like. <laughs> um, let's toss over to Florida Bigs and. We'll get into the Keontae Johnson situation in a bit, but, you know, actually, let's get right into it. Um, he obviously last, I think it was like last December, right around Christmas time, possibly, you know, he collapses on the floor, some sort of a heart condition comes out of it. Um, thankfully, he survives. And I just actually Google it, and there's still no word on whether or not he's going to be able to play, whether he's going to be uh, medically cleared to play. And what, I mean, I don't want to speculate or anything, but what do you make of that? I feel like if he could play, like they would announce it by now sort of thing. I feel like the longer it goes on, the less likely he's going to play. Yeah. Gut feeling is that he's probably just not, it's probably just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I, that's based on nothing. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even Googled it. What's that? We have, we have no medical experience. No, I am not a, a meteorologist. I, yeah. I know nothing about hearts other than that they can break sometimes, you know. You're supposed to buy one with chocolate inside on Valentine's Day for someone. That's True. all I know about hearts. Ugh. Yeah, so exactly. They ache uh, sometimes. But I don't know. I, he I could, he could swing like, things. Yeah. The latest I see, I Google it, the latest I see is September 28th, so exactly a month ago from when we are recording. It says still awaiting medical clearance. That's all it says. Um, but even without him, Biggs, this team has a ton of talent. And in his absence a year ago, guys really 
flourished. Um, Tyree Appleby, you know, made a step forward. Colin Castleton's a their post player, just a big dude. He made a step forward. Um, you know, Trey Mann and Noah Locke, granted, they're gone now. They both made steps forward. Now, they get some good transfers in. They get Brandon McKissick over from UMKC. They get CJ Felder from Boston College, both both productive players. They also get Marion Jones, who, you know, depending on how this rotation shakes out, you know, he would maybe start um, in the absence of Keontae Johnson um, if he isn't already starting. And then they have Flanders Fleming coming over from Charleston Southern, who also averaged 20 points per game. Just a lot of guys coming in who produced elsewhere is what I'll say. Yeah, I, I actually I, I still like the guard depth. Like, assuming Keontae Johnson doesn't play, I still think they go like a solid at least seven deep. Mm-hmm. You know, with the guards, I mean, especially if you're, you're talking Tyree Appleby, who was an up transfer from Cleveland State multiple years ago, he and he had a he had a solid year, eleven points and like five assists or four assists or something as kind of a secondary guy to Trey Mann. You know, I, I think he could he could continue to have another another step up. You know, another year removed or or a year into SEC you know, experience. I think Myron Jones definitely starts for them. He was a 15-point-a-game guy at Penn State. And Penn State has not been – I think people associate Penn State with being just a trash-ass basketball team. They've been, like, decent enough over the last couple of years. Like, they, they're okay. Well, they're almost like how I talk about Arizona State and they had all these guys putting up numbers but couldn't win. Yeah. They're sort of the same way. They have all these guards, um, you know, putting up stats. Like, we talked about Jamari Wheeler. I can't remember where he transferred. Ohio State. Ohio State. You know, he's going to be productive there probably. So, like, they have guys putting up numbers, just not in a winning fashion. So maybe yeah. a change of scenery is what they need. Maybe. I, I just think the Big Ten was just so loaded that, like, they're, like, the 11th or 12th best team in, in a league that was insane, but they're still, like, a top 50 team in the country. I, mm-hmm. I, I say that just to say, like, he's not coming from a team that's, like, like Boston College. I, I'm not sure if – uh, I'm not sure of C.J. Felder. I don't know what to expect for that because Boston College is just god-awful, right? Yeah. I, I think Myron Jones, I think Fleming coming from uh, from the mid-major ranks, and McKissick, both of those guys, they're coming from lower-level teams, so the numbers are going to dip. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what I'm encouraged by is that both those guys were like all defensive team guys in their at their conference levels. So, like, these guys guard. And, and Florida mm-hmm. State or Florida always seems to have a solid defensive team. Their offenses under Mike White get stuck in the mud quite a bit, but they've got guys who who will get gritty, and and that's all of these teams. It seems like are really guard heavy. There are some teams that are going to play a lot of small. You know, we talked about how Arkansas, like one of the one of the things that could get them is that they're they're going to be they're going to play undersized, but there aren't a lot of teams in the SEC that are going to be built to take advantage of that because so many of these other teams play undersized too. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of guards in the sec. It seems like and, mm-hmm. and Castleton, you're right. was a breakout guy last year for them. Maybe he has enough. Maybe there's another gear he can go to. I tend to think he's probably just kind of rock solid, you know, 12 and eight type. He, like last year is probably where he's going to level off at. I would say. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And that's fine. Yeah. And that, that is, if you can get 12 and eight on him because you've got four other solid guards Anthony Derugi is like an athletic kind of swingman who who plays defense and kind of does the dirty work as a as a bench guy, and then Felder is another guy who hey I, maybe you get more out of him because he's not at Boston College and he's actually surrounded by good players. I, I don't know, but I kind of like I kind of like the pieces here with Florida even even without Keontae Johnson. Yep. Let me ask you this: so 
where do you have them listed as far as I know you have you sort of mentioned like where you rank teams like what number are they in your mind fourth fifth in the, con- in the conference yeah. I have I have them fifth but I but I could also see them they're kind of if if you're breaking uh-huh. down your conferences into tiers they're in tier two yep. and they're with they're with Alabama um, and then I I, I have Mississippi State and Auburn both in there too okay. You know. Um, so like how much would Keontae Johnson either coming or going, how much would that, you know, increase or decrease where they're at? I, I put them into that fifth, sixth, seventh range without Keontae Johnson. I think if he plays and he's like the Keontae Johnson that we saw that was kind of trending as like, he's probably the best player in the league if he's mm-hmm. healthy, right? I mean, a, a healthy Keontae Johnson is probably the best well, player he in the was. League. Was he preseason? He's either preseason SEC Player of the Year last year, or he was SEC Player of the Year before, or both. I honestly don't know. I think he was preseason Player of the Year last year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, he was awesome. He started out the year in the first six, eight games, whatever he played before he went down. I mean, he was averaging like yeah. eighteen and eighteen and seven. I mean, he's a force. He's a stud. Yeah. Uh, if he's healthy, I, I think, I think third. I think they could finish. I would still put Arkansas probably ahead of them, and and, and just Kentucky because it's Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But I think they're right there. Okay. All right, let's get into another team here. And I just – so you just mentioned Mississippi State. I sort of – you might have said sixth best team. I'm not sure. Um, I have them tier three and sort of as probably my eighth best team. You know, let's uh, let's break that one down. What, what what do you like so much about Mississippi State? I mean, I like that they have a couple of guys coming back who are, who are established in Molinar and Smith, who were both double-figure guys for them last year. Ben Howland is like a, a decent coach. He's not a great coach, but he's, but he's solid. And, and I actually – I kind of buy that the transfers might actually help them. I mean, Garrison Brooks became a bit of a punchline for us as UNC fans. Well, he's he, AC preseason player of the year from a year ago. That's why he's such a punchline, right? If, yes. if you would have just had like – man, Garrison Brooks had a nice junior year. He's coming back after averaging 16 and 8, and like we expect him to be good. Then the fact that he was disappointing last year would be like, well, he wasn't as good because the team had guards that didn't know how to pass the ball and would rather just shoot all the time. He was disappointing last year, no, no, no doubt about it. But I think Garrison Brooks is one of those guys who's just—he's fine. If you're expecting him to be the player of the year, boy, are you going to be disappointed? Yep. But can, can can he be a twelve and twelve and seven kind of guy? You know, if he's their third best player or fourth best player, I think you've got a potential team, and that's what he was on good UNC teams early in his career. Right, he was like the fifth mm-hmm. guy on pretty good teams. Um, so I think the front court with those two pairing up is pretty intriguing. Uh, and then DJ Jeffries and Rocket Watts are both guys who have been probably classified as disappointing as college right. players through two years in their careers at Michigan State and Memphis, respectively. Well, speaking to Watts, if you have the first name Rocket, you need to average more than eight points per game. Yes, and you need to shoot better than like 35% from the field. Exactly. So I, I definitely – but I think both – I think Watts coming getting out of the Big Ten is probably good for him. And I'm just wondering if – you know, Izzo ain't for everybody. I like Tom Izzo, but he, mm-hmm. he probably ain't for everybody. There's guys who have not played, who have transferred away and, and been fine or have gotten probably a little better. I don't know. Maybe he's not that good, but I, I think he's going to be okay. And then DJ Jeffries is another one. I think getting away from Penny Hardaway could be a good thing. And he's another guy who is, who's just solid, I guess. And, and if either of those guys pop, then I think I think they're closer to like five or six, like I have them, and I, I guess I'm banging on them popping. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised at all if they finished eighth because all those guys just kind of are – they've been average players, and, and they just stay that way. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you talked about Iverson Molinar, who – you know, he's a guy who's 
puts up 16 points per game a year ago. And if you're not a fan of like an SEC team, you probably have no idea who he is. Right. You, you probably never heard that name, but he's a very talented guard for them. You mentioned Garrison Brooks. All he has to do is be a big body inside, which he can do. Um, Rocket Watch and DJ Jeffries, those are sort of their – they're going to be the ones – like sort of, not the straws that stir the drink, but they're going to be the ones who – how well the they do or how – Yeah, exactly, both of them. Um, both guys with all the talent in the world, but – you know, neither one of them last year averaged double figures. Um, DJ Jeffries was close, but just not quite. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they definitely have a lot of talent. They have some good enough depth. They do have two four-star freshmen coming in, um, Keyshawn Murphy and Alden Applewhite, who probably not a ton of minutes there for them. They're, you're sort of getting into, like, the nine and 10th man rotation, but could definitely be role players for them. I definitely have them tier three um, just because – Part of it's because I just don't think of Mississippi State as a basketball school. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it's that. Sort of, it's sort of like what we said with Michigan State last week, but the opposite. Yep. Um, but I don't. Know, more you talk about it, I think I could bump them up to tier two, and then actually the next team I want to talk about, and I'm actually bump them down. You know, you have my sort of show notes there. I'm gonna bump LSU down partially because of the news we got just a few days ago with um their transfer from Illinois, Adam Miller going down with an ACL injury. That's a big loss for them. Um, they do get Xavier Pinson in from Mizzou. He's going to be probably their best player. Efton Reed's a talented center coming in as a freshman. Um, Darius Days is a talented guard coming in, but I think that Adam Miller loss, that they're going to rely on him quite a bit, I think, and that loss is just going to be big for them. Yeah, that that hurts. I think that that definitely. I think I would have had them right in that on the fringe of tier two slash tier three, um, mm-hmm. provided Pinson and Miller in the backcourt could give them like a twenty five to thirty points a game combined. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what guards they have. I like Darius Days and Efton Reed as kind of your combo up front. I like Darius Days a lot. He's he's like a bulldog. There are nights where you watch him play. Like in particular against like young front courts like Kentucky, and it feels like he just bullies people. He's like six seven, like two forty, and he just he he plays like it, right? He's not he's not like trying to convince people that he can shoot. And maybe he does every once in a while, but like he's just like a bull in a china shop down in the paint and just bullies people. I love watching him play. I think if he if he gets consistent minutes and like doesn't if he can stay on the floor if he doesn't foul a lot, I think he's got a chance to be like an eighteen and eight type of guy just because they don't have a ton of depth. They play really fast. I don't know. Yeah, I, I tend to think without without Adam Miller, though, you're right. They just don't have enough juice, and I don't think Will Wade is a good enough coach to, like, compensate and, like, figure out a different way to play. I feel like they play one way. You know what I mean? If mm-hmm. they've got average talent, they play the same way as they do if they have elite talent, and when they've had elite talent, they still aren't that good because of the way they play because he's, I don't know, he's kind of a – you know, the, 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 the old adage about Roy Williams just being a guy who would roll the ball out and North Carolina teams were good, like, there there's 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 some truth to that kind of thing with coaches who don't overcoach. But I think Will Wade, like, he just kind of rolls the ball out and – but there's, like, no accountability. I don't know. It just seems like mm-hmm. they're just out there with, like, playing – like, there is no scoreboard. They're out there just playing, like, noon ball, pickup ball at, at the wellness kind of thing. And it's like, actually, you might want to play some defense every once in a while, you know? Yep, yep. So, I don't know. I, I think that team will be kind of one of those that the casual fan will say is like, they might be in some fun games, but yeah, I, I would bump them well into tier three. 
All right. So, yeah, and then, you know, we have one more team that I think for sure is Tier 2, and that is the Auburn Tigers. They get Katie Johnson coming over also from Georgia. It's going to be interesting when I when we get to Georgia here because it seems like we're saying everyone's transferring from Georgia. Um, they also get Walker Kessler over from North Carolina, who he only averaged four points per game, but don't let those stats fool you. He is very talented. He's just sort of got lost in the shuffle with all the big men they have there. And I also, if I remember correctly, he sort of fell behind as far as like practicing with the team because I think he might have even had like COVID early on in the year and he missed a lot of practices. And, um, you know, Roy Williams old fashioned where, you know, you have to be practicing if you want to get your time. Um, that's story for a different day, though. They also have Alan Flanagan returning, Devin Cambridge returning. Jabari Smith is a top 10 freshman coming in. Uh, he's probably going to pair up with Kessler in the front court. Zed Jasper is another guard who's transferring from Charleston, who's very talented. They get Wendell Green, another point guard coming from Eastern Kentucky. Both those guards average 15 points per game. Jalen Williams is another big man returning. And, you know, I say Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith are starting, but Jalen Smith might also be starting over, you know, either one of those, to be honest. You never know. He averaged 10, 10 and 5 from a year ago. So just a ton of talent on this team. They're a little crowded at the guard spot, especially point guard. Um, but it's not a bad thing to have. I like this Auburn team a ton. I think there's like a big kind of line of like demarcation in the SEC with your top seven and then your next seven, like the, the bottom. So I think the top seven teams are like significantly ahead of like that kind of next seven. I think Auburn has like huge potential to be a team that's like cracking into that top four potentially. I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a world I can, I can envision a world where they actually finish like third or fourth. I guess mm-hmm. if Tennessee, maybe if some of those guys just kind of stay average, if the Alabama depth comes back to bite them in the ass, I, I could see Auburn popping in a big way. I mean, they, they, you're right. This, the transfers. This could be another final four team for them. You know, like the, Final 14 they had three years ago or whatever it was was sort of out of nowhere a little bit. This could be another one of those teams. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, think about last year, the the stuff that Auburn went through. I mean, they weren't particularly good last year, but there was like a stretch where they looked where they started playing well. But, I mean, Sharif Cooper only played 12 games. Mm-hmm. And, and the best we probably saw from Auburn last year was when Cooper was in there. Um, Justin Powell looked really good the first 10 games, and then he was out. So they never played with Cooper and Powell together. You know, both those guys were, were in and out of the lineup and effective, but you had Flanagan, who was like a 14 points, five rebounds, three assists. Um, Jalen Williams, as you mentioned, was a was a double-figure guy. Uh, Jamal Johnson, JT Thor are both gone, but, like, they bring back Cambridge. So they bring back three of their top seven guys. And then I'm with you on the newcomers. Like, I think with Walker Kessler, who I think everybody is buying as, like, a breakout candidate yep. guy. I mean, he showed it in, in limited action last year at Carolina in games where he did play. I mean, he was, he was big time effective. I mean, there was a reason there was why a that Florida state game, they were down 50. Yeah. He saved the time. game. He saved the game in that second half. And he just went nuts. Both. I don't know if he really did much from the three point line, which I think is no. that that's the, that's a big reason why I think he left North Carolina is he could, is they wouldn't let him really play that role. And I mean, you're seven foot, but that's story different for a different day. Um, Bruce Pearl shouldn't let him play that role. He's not good at it. He shot like 45% from the free throw line. He's not a good shooter. No. I think he had like a few good games in AAU, and it probably showed up on his mixtape, and all of a sudden he thinks he's a shooter. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I do think Bruce Pearl will allow more of that kind of stuff, so maybe he'll stay happy. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if you can get good Walker Kessler, and if Jabari Smith is what people expect, I mean, he was a top 10 recruit, 
and you're talking Jalen Williams. I mean, that's a that's a trio inside that can like that can that can that can wear on some people. I mean, especially I just mentioned the SEC is really guard heavy. There's not a lot of big time front courts. Uh, Auburn could potentially just run some people over with that front court, which is not generally a Bruce Pearl kind of thing. But boy, I mean, the, the front court's really good. The question that I have with Auburn and what I'm a little scared of is can one of those point guards pop? Can can Wendell Green, who was awesome last year in the Ohio Valley, you know, at, at Eastern – no, where's he coming from? Eastern Eastern Illinois? No. Austin uh, Eastern, uh, Eastern Kentucky, sorry. Eastern, Eastern Kentucky, that's right. He was like a 16 points, six assists. He was great as a freshman. He was the freshman of the year in the OVC. Big jump now, going to the SEC, obviously. So can he be that guy? Um, cause I don't think KD Johnson is that guy. I don't think he's a point guard who sets you up. Flanagan's not really that guy. There's a reason they were playing their best ball when, uh, when Sharif Cooper was running the show, because kind of mm-hmm. like Tennessee, they've got a bunch of guys who are really good in specific roles. But if you ask them to be the, the creator and a shot mm-hmm. clock guy who gets people involved, that's just not their strength. So do they have a guy that can do that? Because if, if one of those two guards, either Wendell Green or, um, or Zeb Jasper. Jasper can do it, then I think this team's got... Then I think I think they've got the goods. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, that you look at you know, their transfers, three of them, Katie Johnson, Zed Jasper, Jalen Williams. Or not Jalen Williams, well Wendell Green. It's almost as if they like pull, you know, like they pulled up like the transfer rankings and they're like, Oh, these are the best transfers in the country. But really like they had a filter to to just the point guard spots. And like <laughs> they just got three three point guards. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> I like Bruce Pearl though. I know Bruce Pearl is kind of a punchline, as kind of a snake oil, like a like a salesman guy. You know, when you talk about just pure ability to just draw up X's and O's and like establish like a playing style and like get your team W's on the court, I like Bruce Pearl. I I, I will I've always said I think he is one of the best coaches in the country. He gets a bad rap because he's just he's a salesman. He's weird, right? He's got the personality that's just kind of hard to appreciate and like. And I think he's leaning more into that even sometimes as he's gotten older. From just a pure coaching standpoint, though, I mean, I think he's one of the best coaches in this league. I'll take him over. I'll take him over just about any coach in this league besides probably Oates, Musselman, and Calipari. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's toss it over and to sort of a wild card team. This is a team I do have in tier three, but I could see, you know, I I could see us looking back in like say March and be like, you know, why did we have this team ranked so low? And that is Vanderbilt's. You know, you look at who they have returning. They have Scotty Pippen Jr. returning, twenty points per game. He was he he might have been announced as SEC preseason, preseason player of the year. I can't remember, uh, but he's going to be sort of a big, big player this year in the SEC. Um, Liam Robbins coming over from Minnesota, who you're very familiar with, um, mm-hmm. very big guy. Um, you know, decently talented player, average twelve points per game for them. Uh, Rodney Chap- Chapman coming over from Dayton. Um, you know, Jordan Wright's another shooting guard returning who, you know, good player there too. Lots of moving pieces here. But like I said, like, when you have a player as talented as Scott Kissman Jr., you're like, you're always going to be in games. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the, he's one of the only guys. He might be the only guy coming back who was a all-SEC guy in the league last year. Scotty Pippen was mm-hmm. on the first team all-SEC last year for a, for a Vanderbilt team that wasn't particularly good. And I think they're going to be better. I mean, uh, he's 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 a stud. You're right. 21 points and like six assists, like five rebounds. He he stuffed the stat sheet. I think he he would be a player of the year guy. The only thing I'm worried about 
is is Vanderbilt going to be good enough? You know, and, and that's yeah. that's unfortunately kind of just unless unless he's averaging like thirty and like seven or something, your team's at least got to be like there's got to be at least some threshold of like decent for him mm-hmm. to be a player of the year guy. I, I do think I think Vanderbilt will be better, and you're right in that in that like bottom half. I think we're we're into the bottom half now, right? You've right. got Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, Bama, Florida, Auburn, Mississippi State as kind of your top seven. After that, I feel like there's a big drop off. So I, I think there's space for Auburn or uh, for Vandy. You're right to kind of climb and like beat some of those lower bottom feeder type teams and maybe settle kind of somewhere in that like seven, eight, nine range. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, Scotty Pippen's going to be piling up big numbers, and and maybe he does have a player of the year kind of ca- like case. Yep. Um, and yeah, we're sort of getting through, you know, you mentioned we're in sort of the bottom half, so we're not going to spend as much time on these teams. Um, but the team I alluded to earlier is Georgia, who I mentioned, you know, lot, a lot of guys lost. We talked about Severe Wheeler. We talked about Katie Johnson, but both in-conference transfers. Uh, Tamani Kamara, you know, he transfers to Dayton, another double-figure scorer. Justin Kier and Ty Fagan, both nine points per game. Andrew Garcia, eight points per game. They're Arizona, Ole Miss, and Kent State. Just a mass exodus here, and not a ton coming in. And what they do have coming in are all up transfers. Um, Braylon Bridges coming over from UIC. Uh, Jalen Ingram from Florida Atlantic. Uh, Aaron Cook, you know, he comes over from Gonzaga, so he's you know he averaged four points per game last year, but it was definitely on a very talented roster. Um, Jabri Abdurrahim, he averaged 0.9 points per game at Virginia Bigs, but I mean. Get him, that's out of that system. get him out of that system. Who knows how much he'll average. That's like 15 a game in any other system. <laughs> but <laughs> but just a team ravaged by, on the transfer portal. Not a particularly good team a year ago, and I don't think they'll be any better this year. I think it's going to be rough, man. I mean, there was like a time when Tom, Tom Crean's another one. He's always just been kind of like a punchline, but like he had good teams at Indiana. I think you could argue, like, he probably shouldn't have been fired from Indiana. Like, he did a good job with that team. Like, two years before he got fired, he was he won the league. He turned he turned Indiana into, like, a respectable group after when he inherited that thing. It was, like, a joke. And now he's become just kind of a – I mean, I'm, you're wondering, like, he's probably on the hot seat or getting close to it here at Georgia. Um, it's always kind of a bad sign when the entire team transfers away. Um, you just kind of wonder. It's like, okay, what's, what's happening? You know what I mean? And uh, – mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's getting better. They're they're one of those. A lot of these teams in the SEC got better using the transfer market. Uh, Georgia, without question, did not get better at least on paper. You know, we'll see. We'll see with all these up transfers, but I think it's rough. I think Jabri Abdurrahim. I'm intrigued by him. He was a former top like 40 recruit. You know, Sharif Abdurrahim's kid. So, you know, there's some pedigree. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. Boy, if he looks good. Some of these guys that transferred out of Virginia, too. I mean, like, if some of these guys go and they start looking good, it's like, whoa, is there something going on with Virginia, maybe? We'll yeah. see. I think I'm just thinking out loud here. Tom Crean, he was Indiana formerly, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I think if I'm, this is very random, but I think he's – isn't he married to one of the Harbaugh's sisters? He is. Or obviously both Harbaugh, John and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Anyways, very random. A little pop culture for our podcast. Um. Let's go over to Missouri quick, Biggs, and another team who lost a lot from a year ago. We already talked about Xavier Pinson going to LSU. Um, Jeremiah Tillman graduates. Drew Smith graduates. 
They do have, you know, Jerron Coleman coming over from Ball State. They got Amari Davis coming over from Green Bay. But they're very much I mean I'm just gonna cut it short here. They're very similar to Georgia. Just a ton of up transfers. They're gonna have to rely a lot on them. A team, you know, they're definitely better than um Georgia a year ago. They did actually make the tournament. But just with all they lost and the fact that, you know, they're a nine seed a year ago, I just don't see this team making the tournament. Me neither. Um, you know, it's weird, though. Like, around this time last year, I don't think anybody saw Missouri coming, and all of a sudden they kind of came out of nowhere and were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that could happen again? I mean, I, I don't think what they have coming in this year, like in retrospect last year, shouldn't have been that much of a shock because it's like, well, they have a bunch of guys back who are, like, at least decent. Right. Um, I, they don't have that. So it's, it is. it is. It's hard to imagine. If they're going to come from somewhere, it's it, they're coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, let's see, we should have a few more teams here. We have Ole Miss. Um, and honestly, their biggest addition bigs. And we talked about this during the Big 12 podcast. And a guy who, you know, we talked about, we're a pro betting yourself podcast. And Jamin Brakefield has decided, you know, he, he wants to actually succeed in life. He does not want to fall victim to Coach K only relying on guards. You know, he's a big man. Coach K doesn't care about big men. So he gets out of Coach K's grasp and also out of the whole the farewell tour, whatever nauseating thing is about to come this season. And he transfers to Ole Miss, probably their biggest addition. He was he might have been like a top 100 recruits two years ago. He's going to be a sophomore this year. Um, they get Nazir Brooks from Miami. They get Ty Fagan, who I would already mentioned from Georgia, who averaged 10 points per game. Um, not a terrible team, a lot of lateral transfers, so I'd – I'd honestly put them ahead of the two teams we talked about previously with Missouri and Georgia just because they are lateral transfers. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this team? I, I would agree. I would second basically everything you said, minus the part where you said Coach K doesn't care about big men. You could just say Coach K doesn't care about anything but himself. <laughs> That's very true. Well, you're right, though. You know, as I told my seventh-grade football team before their last game, do you want to be remembered as winners or do you want to be nobodies? And Jamin Brakefield, you know, like people who go to Duke, uh, they're nobodies. And when they leave, they become winners. And, you know, Jamin Brakefield made the right decision. He he made the wrong decision initially. He yep. he went to Duke. He was he was blinded by, by the Duke kind of brand. And, you know, that's okay. We do stupid things when we're 17, 18 years old. Uh, he decided, no, I – there's more to life than this. I need to be better. And, you know, props to him. So your, your I, I, I am actually – what's that? Your dogs are getting after it. Yeah, they really are. They're getting hyped by all this by all this anti-Duke, this Duke slander, which they're, they're smart. You know, they, they hate Duke just as much. So they've, they've been trained. But I – Jamin Brakefield, you know – I actually think he's a talented kid. He was one of those guys that Duke used to keep, and he would be the guy that two or three years from now would be a kid that drives you crazy because he is good. You know, not wanting to stay at Duke anymore because Duke is just all about the five stars. Like, he was a guy that I think made Duke easier to hate when he stuck around and became a good player. I I actually thought he needed to play more for them last year. Mm -hmm. So I think if he gets a little longer of a rope, I think there's a chance he has has a really nice season. All right. Um, so yeah, now we're going to get into tier four here, two teams who I just don't think are going to do much. Um, one of them because they really can't do much as far as the postseason because they do have a two year tournament ban and that is Texas A&M. And, you know, who knows, even if they weren't banned from the tournament, how much they would do. They don't have a ton of returning Quentin Jackson, Andre Gordon. 
they do get another guy who is, you know, looking for greener pastures and looking to better his career and life in Henry Coleman, transferring over from Duke. We don't have to get, get into that again, though. They get Marcus Williams over for Wyoming, average about 15 points per game. Um, it could be an interesting team to, to watch, but just know, you know, you're not going to be watching them during the tournament. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think I don't think they would make the tournament even if they were a tournament team because, you know, there's just not a lot of talent there. The guy I'm intrigued to watch is Marcus Williams, the Wyoming transfer. From what I have heard, he is the real deal. Um, I know we have kind of a 70% rule type thing, uh, you know, with these up transfers. I have a feeling if there's a guy that might break that, I, I think Marcus Williams is the guy. I'm, I'm, intri- I'm really intrigued to watch him play because I think he's got a chance. You're right. Henry Coleman leaving Duke. Smart decision. Great Great decision. Um, that's annoying. DeAndre Hopkins just had a monster, monster. Ooh, was there a flag, though? Gosh, I hope so. I'm playing against him in fantasy. My fantasy team is hot garbage. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I just don't think Texas A&M is going to be all that good. It's one of those programs that just kind of sold its soul to football, and their basketball team doesn't get to be good. It's kind of like Georgia. Yeah. Wait, Georgia's good at football? Our dogs are quite good at football, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, one more team here, Biggs, South Carolina, and they are far, far. They are far from the talented team that they were in 2017 when they made the Final Four, and they might be the worst team in this conference. Um, they get a lot of transfers up: AJ Wilson from George Mason, Chico Carter, James Reese from Murray State, North Texas. Our Mean Green, one of our favorite teams. Which, speaking of which, Mean Green, it's Conference USA. Good for them. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Eric Stevenson coming over from Washington, but like I said, they're sort of like uh, Georgia and that other team we talked about earlier with lots of transfers up on a team that just wasn't that good last year. Yeah, it's too bad because I like Frank Martin and I want to think like, hey, maybe Frank Martin's like a good coach. I mean, I think he is a good coach, but it just seems like he can't. South Carolina just seems like one of those, it's hard to get that thing turned around, you know, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's tried to take on a bunch of different transfers. It's hard for, for coaches, I think, who have who have been known as good, like, program developers, there's just that just – that's, like – it just, like, isn't realistic anymore. Teams, it just, it's hard to develop programs because guys don't stick around and get better over the course of multiple years. It's hard to stack together good recruiting classes. You need to be able to recruit, and it you need to recruit like it's a junior college. You know, you basically have, like, two-year windows rather than four-year windows now. And I just think Frank Martin might be struggling with that. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are through all the teams, Biggs. And, oh, my gosh. You know, as always, we end with some predictions. And as always, I can only assume that you did not write yours down, which means that I have to go through mine first. And well, you know what and happens you when you can... assume, John? Oh, do you have yours written down? Are you on I have first? predictions. Okay, let's hear them. I brought who's it. Your, who's your all-conference team? All right, to be honest with you, I came up with about 40 worthy guys because this league, I don't know. There's so many teams that I feel so similar about. Huh? It was tough to come up with them. It's really hard. I had a really hard time coming up with five guys because there's just so many good, so many like good players that I just don't know who's great. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to give it a stab because, you know, who cares? I'm going to pick, I got Javon Quinterly, the Alabama point guard. I think he is going to, he was a super sixth man for Alabama last year. And so his numbers were a little bit deflated by kind of the lack of, uh, lack of minutes and taking another step up after sitting out a year after uh, playing at Villanova. Um, I think he has kind of the, the chains, the shackles 
Ha, Shackle Ford. I think the shackles are off of him. I think he's going to have like kind of the show, and I wouldn't be surprised if he piles up big point totals. I, again, I could see Bama not being as good as maybe some people think, but I think Quinterly is going to like put up some big point totals because he's going to be the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Ty Ty Washington. I, I, this probably could just be a reserve spot for a Kentucky player. Uh, I, I feel like I have to pick a Kentucky player because I think they're going to be good. So I'm going to go with Ty Ty Washington because he's the hyped-up five-star freshman. I think the rest of Kentucky is like rock solid, and I feel like I know what I'm getting with the rest of those guys. If Ty Ty Washington pops, this Kentucky team's good enough to win the whole thing, and I think he'll pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Josiah James from Tennessee. He's a guy that maybe I overvalue like the – I have like a weird soft spot for the guys who like probably average about 12 points, 7 rebounds, and like a handful of assists and play good defense. I don't know if that's like a conference, an all-conference type of player. How but, dare you value all those great things? I know. I value winning plays over just stats. Yeah. And right. so I could see him kind of having like uh, – you know, Herb Jones won it last year, averaging like 10 points and a bunch of rebounds and some assists and playing good defense. I could see Josiah Jordan-James – kind of doing like what Herb Jones did where he doesn't score a ton, but his team's really effective. And he's just kind of the, he's like the, as you put it, the straw that stirs that drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Jalen Tate because I do like Arkansas. And there's another one where it's like somebody from Arkansas, I think has to be in there because they're too good not to. And then I've got Alan Flanagan from Auburn, who was like the top scoring returner for Auburn. Um, I think he's got a chance to uh, put up bigger point totals. I think if he has point guards that can get him the ball, where he can knock down shots, I think he's got a really good chance as kind of a knockdown three and D guy. Um, mm-hmm. there, there is all the, the obvious caveat is Keontae Johnson. If he's healthy, then I think he's the best player yeah. in the league. I don't think he will be though. So that's my five. Yeah. All right, and let's see. I think we have two of the same ones. Um, and you know, I've talked about extensively in past pods where I don't like putting two guys from the same team. I didn't even think twice about it here. I have both Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackelford on my team. I think they're both uber talented. Um, and I think, you know, we talked earlier about how, like, they don't have a ton of depth. So there's not going to be bench guys stealing opportunities from them. They're both – there's going to be plenty of opportunities for the both of them to go around. And I think both of them could be all-conference uh, when it's all said and done. Um, and I, to be honest, they could both – you know, they are 14 for Shackelford, 12 for Quinterly last year. They could both average 18 points per game. I, I agree. Happening. I can yeah. see them both putting up 20. Yeah. Um, I also have Alan Flanagan, who you talked about, um, from Auburn. And, you know, could I see, you know, we talked about all the guard talent that they have. Could I see sort of like, you know, them stealing some of the attention from Flanagan? Possibly. But um, I still think he's going to have plenty of opportunity. Um, I don't know how you left off Scotty Pippen. Um, I don't either. Yeah, I think he's the top returning player in the conference. I think I think that's the case, even if um, Keontae Johnson ends up playing. Um, so I have him on, and then I had to get a big man on there, bigs. And you know, I could have went. You know, I could have went with one of the guys from Auburn, um, but I did end up going with Colin Castleton over at Florida, just because I do think that he will have plenty of opportunity there. They do have a ton of guard talent, but he's really their main piece in the post, and he's just such a big dude. So I have him on there as well. Thanks, top freshman. I like your list better than I like my list, to be honest with you. I, I can't believe I didn't put Scottie Pippen on there. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm kind of with you with either Castleton or, or maybe Walker Kessler mm-hmm. as, kind of the, as kind of the big man. 
this league is just so tough, though. I, I, I man, know. I had a hard time with it. Um, I also made a mistake. I have Kennedy Chandler as my top freshman, yet somehow I had Ty Ty Washington on my first team All SEC. So <laughs> clearly, that doesn't really work. Well, um, I've I've seen I've seen a lot of conferences. They'll do player of the year and then they'll do the top like the preseason all conference but the player of the year is not included so maybe that's what you're doing he's top freshman so he can't be on the all conference that's what i'll do i'm gonna i'm yeah, gonna spread the love i'm gonna go with kennedy chandler then as my top freshman okay i like it and that's Boom. what i was gonna go with so now i have to come up with a different one um i'm just gonna scroll through here i'm just gonna give options here um jd davison's a guy who you know we talked about shackleford and quinlay jd davidson is a guy who he's gonna be like the third guard in that lineup so he's, he's gonna have plenty of opportunity um from auburn jabari smith another top 10 guy you talked about ty ty washington obviously he's definitely a candidate damian collins from kentucky we didn't talk a whole lot about him but he's another another talented freshman coming in so those are some of your options that's the all freshman conference team uh coach the Bigs. Musselman. The must I think bus. Musselman. I think I think yep. I think the must bus has like a. Uh, I think part of it is, uh, you know, how well the media kind of likes this coach and like if they've got kind of the story. I think Musselman has got that kind of going for him. He's got Arkansas rolling. I think they're going to be the best team in the conference. I think they'll be like a top ten team all season long. And I'm thinking about this now, just as I kind of process this in the moment. I do worry a little bit about. Boy, when he had Nevada, Nevada had like a great run in the tournament and they followed it up the next year and were not the same. They kind of fell flat when he had the Martin Twins. I'm a little worried now. Am I, am I, am I buying too much into just assuming they're going to keep on ascending? Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess I I sit and I could, I could also make that case for literally every team that was good last year, not being as good. That's just like life in college hoops. Sometimes teams aren't as good as they were. I think Mm -hmm. Arkansas is going to be legit. I really do. I, I like I like them. I like the uh, I like the story with Musselman uh, being kind of a, a, a college basketball figurehead. Uh, so I, there we go. Do you like that he takes his shirt off? How much? Of, what percentage of you picking of him is that you get to see him without a shirt? Absolutely. Who doesn't? Okay. Uh, <laughs> my guy begs Bruce Pearl coming from Auburn, and Let's go. you know I just think you know their team that is a little overlooked. They have a ton of talent. I don't think they're being talked about enough. And I think people are going to be surprised by how good they are. I buy that. I like Bruce Pearl. I think he's as good a coach as any of them. Um, I worry that people probably won't vote for him just because they don't like him. Mm-hmm. But I think he, he. I think Auburn's going to be legit, and I think Bruce Pearl's a good coach. Yeah. All right. So we're through everything. Um, and Biggs, I'm excited for this conference. I, Very much. Yes. We're going to look back like February, March, and we're going to say this is easily the best conference in the country. I think. Um, one thing I am concerned about though, and this might be what I end on here is I have a bit of conspiracy theory here. Mm. Think back to a year ago, coach K, he says, you know, I don't know if we should be playing games. Remember that? I do remember that. And after they had lost a couple games in a row and then you get Nate Oates on the microphone and he says, do you think coach K would be saying that if his team wasn't losing? Ooh. And think about everything going on. Is Nate Oates going to get a call this year? I think there's going to be some fishy stuff going on. Coach K is going to pull his strings. It's his farewell tour already. He's already pulling strings. We know that. It's proven in our minds. And he's going to do whatever he can to sabotage Alabama's season. Yeah, no, I am – boy, I'm with you on this. 
I think okay. I think everything things seem just a little too. I think Alabama has gotten a little too. Um, the NATO's rise has happened a little too easily, too seamlessly. Things have just gone too easy. Everybody is drinking the NATO's Kool Aid. It would be extremely Duke mm-hmm. for Alabama just to have one of those fall flat on your face seasons. NATO, it's to uh, maybe the true colors come out. Maybe he's not as cool and collected. You know, he's he's this fun NATO. It's, maybe we see a little negative side of NATO. It's maybe Coach K gets his revenge, um, exposing NATO. It's a little bit, but also just poking and prodding. And yeah, I I could see that. I could see that yeah. happening. The wheels are turning in my mind as I process this. But I am. Yeah, I'm not People sure. Are what saying Coach K People are saying Coach K farewell, farewell tour. I'm thinking Coach K revenge tour. That's what I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah, maybe a little bit. A little bit. All right, let's, let's end on both. Let's get out of here. Let's. Bye. Bye.